Roadblock with Marduce and wings on my raptor. Copperhead gambling snake eyes with no chatter. Chuckles plus phone book means cobras will sing. These are a few of my favorite Joe things. Original O-rings that have seen some action. Paint nicks and scuff marks with thumbs with some traction. Sky strikers with decolorized wings. These are a few of my favorite Joe things. Girls in tight leather with red cobra logos. Or maybe commanders who ride in a pogo. Sort of white snow cats or tiger striping. These are a few of my favorite Joe things. When real life bites, when the world stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite Joe things, and then I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Yo, Joburg, everybody. This is Steve. It's bright and early, or it's just past midnight in Australia. Um, we are coming to you live for a change. And uh, I'm not alone, joined by, as usual, Storm Shadow. Oh, sorry. Hey, and it's Paul. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. And for now, just the two of us, uh, Rob is kind of like that Bill Murray character. Um, you know, you kind of book him in inverted commas, and uh, whether he shows up or not, it's entirely up to him. You don't know until you're actually rolling. But Paul, how are you doing, my friend? I am good. I Excellent. am very good. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, surprise, busy week and all those things. But yeah, I'm cool. I'm excited about this. It's been quite busy for us here in GI Joburg land because we've uh, done some, yeah, we've, we've been on two other channels. Um, uh, I'm counting three, uh, but firstly, three. I see we have 13 folks so far in the chat. Uh, welcome, G.I. Joburg community. Thank you. Welcome to everyone who's watching this on the replay. Yeah, man, we we kind of threatened to do this shortly after the Iconic Iconicon online convention, and we just never got around to it. But uh, it feels good to be live again. So here we are, and uh, we're not alone. We're joined by our third companion at long last. Now, not long last at all. He's only been two minutes late. And Mia Culpa, I forgot to send him the StreamYard link. But here he is, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob. Boom. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> I'm so glad you put Paul in the middle. He's got the best quality. And you guys all have these like weird like things in your mics. And like I I don't have a do I need like you a sound sock or something? Sexy regardless, man. Um hello Rob. Um you on? missed out on my awesome intro, but that was courtesy of the lyricist, uh member of the Berg Force, uh named by code name Railroad, aka Darren Cobb, who's with us in the chats. Um and yeah, Julie What's her face? Eat your heart out. <laughs> and also, uh, don't don't forget uh, closet uh, musical uh, score writer, <laughs> railroad. <laughs> I was so nervous going through that. Uh, don't screw up! Don't screw up! Don't screw up! I think I screwed up a little bit. But anyways, thanks very much. Um, it and sounded really good. <laughs> I thought so too. You're too kind. Um, all right. So uh, new shit right out the gate. Um, Oh, you got Whoa. the t-shirts. Nice. Yeah, man. Damn, dude. Ben got a hold of us and said, you guys need some t-shirts. So he hooked us up and they're terrific. And uh, 
I'm hanging on to yours, gents. Uh, <laughs> keeping them warm. I was about to say, it seems that the postage gets to Australia faster than to South Africa. <laughs> well, I think we have the South African t-shirt embargo to thank for that. So I'm going to keep yours for safekeeping because... COVID t-shirts. Getting no, t-shirts into SA, they just slap a huge tax on them, don't they? Yep. Anyways, Ridiculous. Rob, how the hell are you, dude? It's been a while. Yeah, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a nice, cool day here today, thankfully. I mean, it's it's supposed to be summer, or at least we're entering summer, but um, it's it's not too bad, thank goodness. Mm. Yeah, it's pissing so... with rain here, so if you hear oh, a sudden, like... that's not my shitty microphone. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's I don't think we'll hear God that. Pissing. Your mic is good. All right, so let's uh, do a shout out to everyone in the chat. So we've got the Sarge is here, Emmanuel, Chris from Chasing Eddie's Toys. I see Matthew Comstock is joining us. Um, Mike, the photo viper is in the his aid. Darren, of course. Well done. It's nice and early for Darren, I'm afraid. I'm so much Um, taller than you guys. (laughs) Gaz, you're here. Uh, I'm scrolling as fast as I can. Who else has a shout out? Uh, Outback, fantastic. Hello, Stuart Selkirk in the his egg. Cody's here. No way. Hmm. And I think I'm caught up with that chat, unless I missed someone. Oh, Andrew. Greetings, Andrew. And Manny17B. Good morning, gentlemen. Cool. All right. We're here. We're locked in. We're ready to roll. Gents, usual segment, if you please. Any new shit. Um, folks in the chat, feel free to chime in. If you've got some new toys, we'll throw it up on the screen. Yeah, it's good to be live. Yep, yeah, still nothing new. Nothing new. Um, I'm, I'm sitting on all my old stuff. Oh, my, 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 my hundreds <laughs> my hundreds of old jokes. There they are. This, oh, is, this is my whoa. amazing system oh, cool. that I use <gasps> to store my jokes. I, I use a similar cataloging system myself. <laughs> Let's see that, Robbie. Oh. Is a, a, a tour of your, your Show us your box. Oh, oh, of my shelf. Okay, well, this is, Show this us is your my box. shelf. So. Well, this is well, this look, box. You know, easier you just, you to rummage around and grab a guy It is out so much there. easier. I mean, thankfully, I think there's only one Joe that kind of has died from this, but I think he died from before. Before, you know, that kind of... Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's... It's... Oh, target. target. Yeah. Oh. Why does your oh, Destro well, have white gloves? Because <laughs> he's uh, Destro. <laughs> <laughs> he's a special edition. He's Destro. Yeah, you know? I'm a three pack Destro that uh, I think it was issue 19. Is that the No so, Prince yeah. on My Head edition? <laughs> yeah. No, he was, you know, he's worried about COVID. That's why he's got the mask on and he's got the gloves on. Oh. And he, okay. uh, <laughs> you know, he sanitizes very often. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's just a selection of all the toes, and here's the, the scoop I got in America. Yes, nice. my American scoop. His mic, ten dollars. Yep, he actually comes with his mic. Ten, it's can you believe it's ten dollars for a scoop? It's That's so why I have days, arguments. You know? That's why local guys are like, "How much you want to pay for the?" Oh, like they're like, "Oh, it's this." And I'm like, "What? What? What is your offer?" I'm like, "150 bucks." I'm like, "No." I'm and like, like no. "Well." Then keep it. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I've paid ten dollars for Joe's dudes. I'm broke. I'm I'm I've been scarred. Yeah, so. so I got a I got a ton of Joe's and they're all just, just sitting in this box with me. Well, I, I got a handful of new Joe's this week as well. Oh, shit. Anyone who has been uh, keeping an eye on the channel knows all too well that I got Toxo Zombie. Oh yeah. Toxic Toxic Zombie. And I've been loving this figure, man. He's just uh, it's just, 
it is so unique for G.I. Joe. Like they branched they branched far enough in the nineties to include zombies, and the line is is so much better for it. If you're a purist, you can ignore this guy ever existed. But if you do like a bit of variation and kind of, I suppose, more themed play with your G.I. Joe, I mean, you can do it all. Go to space or go to some neo-apocalyptic, scarred, toxic wasteland with these guys creeping through. It's sublime. But that wasn't it. Um, the whole reason I got this guy in the first place was because I could only get him from the States because I don't think he he uh, landed in, in Australia uh, locally. But the reason I got him at all was because when I got my Sky Striker, it didn't have any missiles. And my man, Ryan Sweeney, said, we can sort you out, pal. I've got some spares just lying around. So I was like, well, what could I slip into that box? <laughs> Toxo zombie. But Ryan... What a gent. He uh, not only um, packaged up some Sky Striker parts and my Toxo Zombie, but included some very minty specimens. I got 1983's Torpedo and um, a, a very nice crankcase and lift ticket. But and, and they are in immaculate condition. Like, I've never touched Joe's this freaking mint before this is an entirely new experience <laughs> time to but, ruin them so you can play with them well <laughs> perhaps it's 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 a good practice for for me to now have the playing version and now the kind of the, the museum this shockwave that he included i don't think anyone has even breathed on it is so <laughs> dead mint it is it's it's incredible the paint apps are crisp there's not a single scuff on it Articulation is all tight. It's like, yeah, it's as I say, it museum quality. Damn, dude. Not only that, it came with his backpack and hello, an unbroken SMG. What? Yeah, just like mine. How often? Wise guy. <laughs> I was about to say, how, how often do you get to see that? Hundred percent on the. Busted that cherry. Yeah, when I times. when I look in my accessories box. I, and I Paul, okay, shut up, guys, <laughs> wise asses. I've gone my entire life to this point without ever having an unbroken SMG for my my shockwave. I have very inventive uh, workaround, which was I just took a piece of bendable wire and it drilled a little hole, and yeah, well, it also kind of shortened it so that you can actually fit that in the crook of the arm. Because the problem with this is the original is quite oversized in terms of the stock hell the whole thing is pretty oversized so that is a tricky fit and that's why so many of them break but anyways this one ta-da perfect length for that elbow crook anyways mm. gents that's me for new shit uh, that and the t-shirt and the fact that e yes like paul alluded to earlier uh we appeared on chris's channel chasing 80s toys then Damn. we both appeared on a wild interview, Tim Wild. These are both forthcoming wild. as of recording this podcast. And then uh, just earlier today, I joined Sergeant Slaughter, <laughs> Zazel Phoenix on Sergeant nice. Slaughter's Slaughterhouse, uh, interviewing the awesome Wayne the Mani Maniac, uh, Matei, who is a wrestler in his own right, but mm. most recently has played Sergeant Slaughter in the Young Rock TV series, which... Uh, one 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 season is already out uh they are wrapping up on the second season in the next two weeks and 
I mean, he's got the tash, he's got the chin. I'm like, this is totally, totally the guy who should be playing Sarge. Um, and he gave us a little rendition too. So lovely, lovely to catch that and be a part of it. I mean, I, I sat there in stunned silence most of the time, just listening to the guys talk wrestling, which I know precious <laughs> little about, but really enjoyed. Um, Scott has joined the chats. Hello, sir. Uh, anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up and pass the torch to the next gent. Paul, what you got? What you got? Cool. So this week I had a buddy of mine. Uh, he's a toy dealer. He uh, actually curates a toy museum called uh, Articulated Collectibles. Uh, if you guys are ever in South Africa, you should totally check it out. It's really awesome. It's filled with all kinds of great retro 80s paraphernalia, sometimes a little bit late 70s, some 90s stuff. Very, very cool place. Anyway, um, he needed some help and whatever's appraising some G.I. Joe parts. Um, and so I got a whole bunch of accessories uh, at the house to sort through. But um, he had a few of his own that he wanted me to check out. And he actually just gave them to me, which was pretty rad. So now he gave you his accessories. He was not like, all of them. It was just, no, there was, there was a very small handful of accessories that he gave me. And I'm going to show you what they are, which is pretty cool. Um, the other stuff's still pending. We'll see if um, what happens there. But um, so I've had this Alley Viper from Jim Godfrey for a while now uh, that hasn't had any gear. And now he finally has his own machine gun and his own shield. Nice. Focuses in and his very own backpack. <laughs> Settle that down, is... everyone listening to the audio version. We're talking about the <laughs> O-ring Alley Viper. That's correct. Have a, so... a line on the classified. Not yet. No, I don't have the... Uh, uh, yeah, yet. so it's, it's a vintage Alley Viper. And it would have come with all Alley the accessories gear. anyway. Like yeah, exactly. It's brand new. Well, unless you got it <laughs> off the back of a truck in China. <laughs> and, and here's Stranger the... Like, things have happened. So, like, oh, the the fact that it was just, like, so cool to get Alley Viper gear. I mean, now, because, I mean, I have two Alley Vipers, and they're both fully geared up now, which is awesome. But there is one Viper in my collection who desperately needed some gear. And um, in that handful of gear he bought over was nothing less than this bad boy's gun. So now my Viper finally has the Viper gun. Yay very sexy so mm. i'm very very happy to finally have one of these scorch has got his own his own rifle now and this brings me so much joy <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so cool if you guys are wondering why i call him scorch it's because he's got some burn marks on him ah um, okay because yeah. i thought it was uh, linked to a fanfic of yours yeah well it is it's kind of the genesis of that so yeah very so, good yeah so i got this cool figure long ago uh, through bot uh, Bot helped me get this guy, and I saw, oh, cool, he's got some burn marks on him. That actually makes him even cooler. So, yeah. So, anyway, so that's that was my new acquisitions this week. Um, very quiet, but, like, you know what? It was just super cool. Like, super, super cool to have this gear. Anyway, and, uh, Robbie, you said you haven't got anything new yet, hey? No, nothing new. We've got to fix that. I'm sitting on all my old stuff. Outback Sue wants to know... Let's talk about Tiger Force Outback Classified. And uh, I don't know, anyone want to weigh in on that? I have only one comment, and that's I'm okay for Tiger Force Outback. Thank you very much. <laughs> don't you want one with the, with the crotch that isn't broken, though? And uh, awkwardly tall, looking down to all, all my guys. I don't yeah, know, exactly. Guys. Uh, my, my He's Outback. You play with him at a distance changed. away from the other figures. Right. You know, so he's all the way in the, in the you know. 
Yeah, exactly. Rob, you and I used to do that. Do you remember? We used to integrate different scales and we just kind of like ignored that there were different scales. We just yeah. kind of. So, well, it worked for certain things, like like aliens or like uh, predators or something. Because I mean, they weren't that much bigger. They aren't. I just remember I had a four-inch guy yeah. who was having a relationship with a obviously five or six-inch scale Electra. It's like, <laughs> whoa, well done, dude. <laughs> Maybe he's just into giantesses. I don't know. Man, awesome. But uh, I I am very keen on classified outback actually. I'm, I think it looks amazing. Excited. I mean, it's just a, definitely a, a, a good um, update of the of the O-ring figure. I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing much better at kind of like producing things that I think appeal to people who really own O-ring figures. Like yourself, yeah. Rob, you've been converted. Um, yeah, and sure. welcoming G7M9W. Hello, it's, it's his really first figure. time joining in live. Lovely to have you. Uh, any Any fan mail you want to swing our way for reading yeah. on the show? <laughs> and tim from tim's wild interview uh and of course saints on cinema and joe hunter 73 awesome awesome nice gang glad to be uh joining you live for a change <laughs> uh have you guys seen this comment from manny 17b i'm just gonna put it here on the screen i ordered pledged made the ritual sacrifice for the new sky striker <laughs> good i'm debating getting the tail logo tattooed on my chest to just go full dad with it dude why not uh the tail logo is serious? really cool there yeah it's solid man that's a cool thing i don't know if i'd do it on my whole chest me personally but i think uh, i think it's definitely something you can yeah, tattoo put it on, on an arm or something yeah doesn't 80s tees do that logo on a t-shirt I remember our buddy Dan Shemansky had one. Mm. I, I could have sworn I saw him in a T-shirt. Yeah, but you can't that. change your skin. <laughs> right. Yeah, commitment, bro. Commitment. <clears throat> just yeah, the peck, like... he says. Boom. Nice. Just the what's going to be yeah, the other peck? Like, sort of, yeah, a like, rattler. Sort of like a Yakuza tattoo. On <laughs> <laughs> and they're attacking each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Are we done for new shit, boys? I that see no one in the chats wants shit. to tell us about their new shit. Bots knocking. Maybe they. Well, you'd think they would buy things. It was just Black Friday, Black Friday. Oh, and Happy Thanksgiving to every every all the yeah. Americans. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, and I hope you're looking forward to Cyber Monday. It's coming. I hope they have more stuff for sale on Cyber Monday because Black Friday on all the toy si sites sucked. Did it though? I mean, Juicy I didn't bother to look dope. even. Like, Dude, I BBTS was like grossly disappointing it's like mm. yay wow it's like okay i'll click on the black friday tab out of just morbid curiosity and i'm like okay cool i'm scrolling down i'm like okay these are fine and what and like next i'm like oh there's no next this this was there's it no this, next. this was it there's, there's the 10 items that have been sitting in their store like, for the last 12 years wow <laughs> no one's bought them so they're like please buy these things yeah please all right please we've buy got these some things. trickles of responses boys it uh, looks like a bot bot got oh no wait hang on Ah, they're scrolling a bit fast. Um, Outback got the His 3. I take it that's Ooh. that blue one that's been doing the rounds, the retro collection one. And mm. Cody got the Crimson Range Viper. Oh. I am not familiar with that. Neither am I. Yeah, it's an O-ring uh, repaint of something. Probably a later version, I'm guessing. Mm. Oh, Cody, you put me on such a, a voyage when you offered Rattle to send Turk. me He-Man and Skeletor those many moons <laughs> ago. <laughs> Yep, trickled down the rabbit hole to Heberg. I'm so glad I did, but anyway, carrying on. <laughs> Darren says he got Battletech stuff. Is that nice. a role-playing game? Or the toy stuff? Talking... 
the toys. BattleTech toys from back. Are they vintage? Are they? Uh, I need more information. All right. Uh, I've been watching Hawkeye. Am I the only one? I think so. Yeah, we can't get it okay. here. Right. Well, we can't well get it's it a here. lot of effort to watch it right now. <clears throat> Um, I'll say this much that my expectation, I think the reason I'm enjoying it is because I've been primed by previous Disney plus Marvel shows. <laughs> You're to... like, all right, these were really rubbish. <laughs> well, they all had like, like things that were laudable, but also like things that were detractors, each one, mm. like serious detractors that reminded you that this is not a polished gem this is a tv show and the stakes are lower and also the kind of i don't know just i suppose the vetting process is lower like you dare not screw up a feature film whereas these can afford to be a bit more experimental anyways the point i want to make is it's nice to see hawkeye in a setting that isn't like dealing with gods and monsters mm. you know hawkeye when taken to the street is incredibly proficient like he walks into a, a scenario and you know he's going to be okay because he's just i mean he's he's been instrumental in the struggle against thanos okay <laughs> like he can handle a few street toughs um so it's it's great to pay some respect back to this character who for so long has been like you know by by relative terms the weakest of the bunch but i mean yeah. he's still freaking superhero man okay so that's that's my pitch um well, that's cool well i look forward to seeing it eventually i still don't know how Have he's you... the weakest of the bunch like <clears throat> it really bugs me why who would be weaker black widow dude <laughs> <laughs> wow i got shocky bracelets Ooh, and i can shoot really good with my guns i'm not like the most accurate man in the universe next to you know bullseye and uh, the first cooler. person in the chats to kind of uh, catch wise is that um, to, to, to the fact that, um, yes, I am growing this out. Uh, Cody says, Steve, you're very werewolf right now. Um, absolutely, dude. Uh, the name of the episode is My Favorite Things. And if you were to dial your minds back to season two of uh, the Sunbow series, you'll remember a little episode with Sir Pintor. Uh, and every time he touched one of his his artifacts from his one of his previous lives he grew unique facial hair so like I guess we're, <laughs> we're kind of doing a little bit of that i mean we're all at different like stages many faces paul's got his five o'clock shadow and rob you always look clean shaven even though that might not be the case <laughs> yeah that that isn't the case i think i shaved i think i shaved last week actually i shaved last week saturday so this nice. is a week's growth uh Nice. Well, it you got a very flattering nowhere. camera. It goes nowhere. Well, it's the mm. quality. The quality is really bad, so it always makes me look good. So last week uh, we wanted to <coughs> perhaps touch on um, Cowboy Bebop live action, uh, but we said we'd save that till when Rob showed up, and <laughs> lo and behold, mm. there you are, baby. What do you want to say about it? I came back. It's. It's. I think it's a mixed bag. I think it's its own thing. It's, it's mm. trying to pay homage to the original series, but it, it's also trying to be its own thing. Mm -hmm. So, it's 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 difficult. I think I think the casting of Jet Black was pretty good. I really enjoy him in that role. Yes, Cho is like in his fifties, while the character you know in in the, in the anime is like in his twenties. But I think his age has nothing to do with how cool the character is. He kind of he feels like Spike Spiegel to me. 
Um, Faye Valentine, I haven't watched it. I still need to finish the series. Um, I haven't seen her enough, but she she seems okay. I mean, she's not wearing the I sexy like outfit, but I mean, she doesn't have <laughs> Come to, on, man. you know, to be, you know, the character, I think. Anime. So integral she's also anime without, like, some upskirt. <laughs> some side boob. <laughs> Oh, exactly you oh. know but like so far it's it's been kind of cool i mean the first the first episode was pretty much ripped you know from the actual anime itself mm. and i think from there they've kind of started doing their own thing and uh yeah i'm waiting to finish it before i give a you know like a full-on opinion about it but i think overall so far it's been it's been kind of cool it's a bit i think it feels cheap at times but it feels really good at other times like sometimes the cgi is really good but then some of the sets are like really like i would i would say that it's <laughs> So it's, it, it's it has a that kind bag. of B, that B movie or like almost Doctor Who episode. Yes, quality. actually, that's that's true. Now that you mm. say that, because I mean, Doctor Who looks good, I think, against other British shows, but then you pit it against like an American show where obviously they um, they prioritize how good everything looks over basically everything else a lot of the time. Mm. So, so actually, yeah, it does actually look like an average Doctor Who episode. My issue with Cowboy Bebop um, comes from the fact that. And and it's well put. Like I and I'm I'm coining this from somebody else that wrote the review. It feels like Cowboy Bebop fan fiction. So it's got a lot of what makes Cowboy Bebop cool. Um, but I feel like it doesn't have the real stuff that makes Cowboy Bebop cool. So where I'm coming from with it is I enjoyed it. And in, in fact, when Cowboy Bebop the live action series is good, it's great. And when it's bad, I think it's really bad because mm. the the good stuff, like the humor is great. The um, synergy between the main characters, between characters like Jet and Spike and Faye, I think those are great. I think that the dynamic is fun and, and interesting. So that's, those are like the high points. And some of the action is not bad and it's fun and whatever. So and then you get to like the lows where I think Vicious was wasted on screen. <laughs> I think he is... a a shadow of what he should be. He irritates me every time Vicious was given screen time. No, no disrespect to the to the actor portraying Vicious. I thought he was just doing what he was directed to do. But I don't think Vicious was, was well written for that TV series. It actually really put me off a lot of stuff. I was like, okay. Um, and that's obviously coming in with the preconceived anime notion. The other thing that I think is really missing from that show, and this is also a sad thing, Having watched the anime recently and currently watching the anime, um, the anime has this great philosophical content to it. Um, every episode has its own heart, has its own tragedy. I feel like this doesn't. Do you understand? Mm. It's like every time you watch something, you're like, okay, they kind of it rolls off them. But when you watch the anime, you're kind of like, ooh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> you know, that's like quite hectic. Or when you find something out about Faye, when you find something out about Spike or about Jet, it's like it hits you a bit. I feel like the TV series doesn't do that. Um, and the reason I have, I have issues with that is here's me telling my girlfriend and my co-workers, wow, Cowboy Bebop, is, it's really cool that they've done a live action version of, of a really beloved anime because, you know, for some reason people don't like to watch animated things. Um, you guys, you know, like it'd be really awesome to see if they get it. And then they're like, oh, what's it all about? And you're like, oh, it's this and that, but I don't want to spoil it. And then they watch the live action. They're like, oh, no, we don't get it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> the energy from the anime is not there for me. But uh, main dude I, is awesome as Spike. So Yeah, John Cho. I don't like his portrayal. Uh, and that's not to say he doesn't play it with enormous charisma. Because mm. the actor himself, that seems like his brand. He's animated. He's smiley. 
He's all those things that Spike Spiegel actually isn't. Spike is mm. kind of very reserved. You know, it. He's John is playing counter to the way the scenes are set up sometimes because you would fully expect Spike to be the guy sitting at the bar with like a cigarette burning down to the filter while all hell is breaking loose behind him. And then someone mm. taps him on the shoulder and is about to take a swing. And then he's like, like just yep. twists his, his, his wrist, you know, like the kind of character that is always in reserve is never mm. on the front foot. And I think we're just seeing a, a victim of casting. Um, they cast someone who is extremely uh, gregarious charismatic, and yeah. charismatic in a role that should be like <clears throat> the absence of all personality. So I think mm. there was such strength in the anime portrayal, just always being so reserved. Just this man with his hands in his pockets meandering through a forest. That's that's oh. Spike. I also Anyways, like we've spoken about this. Sorry, there's like, as much as I like. Three se- like a few <laughs> seconds of stuff that I want to get in quickly. The as floor well. is yours. I also hate that when you watch that show, it always feels like somebody like in the writing team is trying to be clever or trying to one up the anime somehow. Like I get that feeling when I watch it. Like they they're trying to explain something that they feel didn't make like sense in the anime. And mm. when you watch it, when you watch that show to its uh, to its conclusion, you'll see why they've done that because. They've changed it to make it work for them. And I hate that. It's like, don't try to be oh, cleverer than but, like Shinichiro Watanabe and then no, they had a style. this comes back to every, the, the argument for every um, live adaptation of a beloved Anything. cartoon, yeah. anime, or animated film. Uh, why do they do it? Money, baby. There's a oh, bunch of made. It's all about the money, money, money. I mean, and also why, like, why do you need to remake Aladdin? Why do you need to remake The Lion King? Or because the beast. because you're not good enough to make no anything ones. new and original. Looks at Disney. Well, <laughs> anyway, put bumps um, seats. These IPs have the potential to, you know, be box office smashes again. So do that with an all star cast. Anyways, I'd like to just uh, follow up the battle tech that uh, Darren was referring to was in fact a tabletop gaming. So I called it, man. Ah. Bam. Damn, dude. Smart. Do you remember the animated show? Oh. Uh, dude, I love Lovely. Battletech. I, no, love, I hate Harmony that. Gold as well because of Battletech. And not just <laughs> Robotech, but also because of Battletech. What they did. <laughs> those are amazing. I want to paint those. Because mm. they, they've got a MechWarrior game on PlayStation and Steam and everything now. It's like really mm. cheap. It's like half the price of a AAA game. And it's really cool. I haven't had a chance to play it yet because I haven't mm. had time. But uh, I've been watching a lot of trailers. I'm very excited about that. Uh, what did they call it when they went into like crap CG mode? Oh um, man, um, <laughs> I I can't remember. But I watched a few episodes not too long ago, and it's um, it's not bad actually. Like oh, it's so cool. Man. The writing is so good in that show actually. Like yeah, very very cool. Like the Jade I've, Falcon and and all of that. That was I have great memories a, of that. Yeah, very. I only ever got to play uh, with the toys because my buddy James and Matthew, they had them. They were so cool. Hans has got Hans imaging. Thanks, Hans. With that grid pattern, save no. on background. <laughs> I imagine the animators, the sort of traditional animators, clapped and cheered whenever uh, that was <laughs> used. They were like, yeah, it's somebody like, else's problem. 
Amazing. <laughs> Give it to the VFX team. CG. Can guys. we just go into enhanced imaging for the whole episode? Can we just do a whole episode? We all take a break. And Scott has a very important question. What vintage animated shows would you like to see good live action modern TV or movies for? For me, Voltron and Mazenga Z. Oh, and Transformers and G.I. Joe. Lol, I said good. Good movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Let's Voltron start with Gundam. I'm going to guess you would say Gundam, Paul. Gundam oh, definitely yeah, uh, cool. although that's happening Netflix is doing a live action Gundam series and it's based on One Year War and it's based on a an episode okay. that wasn't aired in Japan called Kukuro Dawn's uh, <sighs> Island so let's see it's by Netflix though so it's by Netflix exactly. yeah, uh -oh. it's not it's by like is it going to be bad you don't know mm. Netflix yeah. is also doing One Piece and I think I mentioned last week it's being shot it's being in, Cape Town. in Cape Town yeah uh, I could oh, be so you could have been in there. You could have been be uh, Zoro. That's insane. Hey, I'm don't curious you think to just ask my agents. I want to know what parts Zorro. are going to be podcast locally. Probably all the you know the crumbs from the table. Everything. It would be like of, all the random characters. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There's some cool characters oh, in. Dude, like One Piece is great. I just don't think it should be live action. But hey, let's, mm. uh, whatever. You know, we lucky we can see it, and if we don't like it, we don't have to watch it. Nobody's going watch it. You know. <laughs> Um, talking about live action stuff, I would also love to see a live action Mazinga. Um, because mm. Mazinga, or Mazinga, however you want to pronounce it, it's <laughs> both correct. Um, a lot of the awesomeness in that series is not just robot battles. In fact, Pacific Rim proved that to us. That's why Pacific Rim, it, it, that's also another thing that just gets my, my back up as well. It's like Pacific Rim is a love letter to like things like Mazinga Z and Evangelion and, and whatever. Mm. And Evangelion's also a love letter to Mazinga Z and stuff like that as well. If you guys don't know that fun fact. And people yeah. are like, Oh my God, Super Pacific robots. Rim's amazing. How can you watch that cartoon shit? And they're like, hmm. That's one of the spiders. Guys, yeah. guys, I have to throw this suggestion up immediately. Outback says mask. Yes. Yeah, yes. I was going to say as well, mask would be a brilliant thing to do. I mean, we have the same But not by Paramount or Diego Ventura, yeah. whatever's. Yeah, give, yeah. Give it like, to do you remember else. when they did Knight yeah, Rider right. 2000? And yes. like all the, all the mm. vehicles were shit because they were all vehicles of the now. Nah, mm. dude, you got to use the vehicles of the day. So like mm. a big old, uh, was it Mack truck and um, the IROC. The closest that... we've ever gotten to that was that series called something Dodge 2000 or Viper 2000 or whatever it was with the Dodge Viper that went silver. Yeah, like that was Viper. Oh, Viper. Viper. Hmm. That was actually, I thought it was a fun show. That was like Mask for Grown Ups. That was awesome. <laughs> I love that show. amazing. I don't know. I think <laughs> if you could actually... Viper. <laughs> perfect weapon for an imperfect future. Amazing. Dude, I'd love Gachaman if they ever did it properly. Battle of the Planets. Oh, uh, that would be oof, cool. Princess in that tight pink number. Yeah, <laughs> I would go for that. Uh, Voltron would be fun to see. It would be cool, very cool to see. It. Macross, if they did Macross live action, I'd love to see that too. I think Bionic 6 would be really good. I think we Bionic 6 really would cool work Bionic really 6. well. Mm. And if I think, I do, are they trying to do it, but maybe a, a live action He Man? I don't oh. know. I I would, I would probably watch that. I mean, Dolph Lundgren is really cool as He Man, but like, set it in Eternia, you know. And just give it that dark gothic feel. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I think that that'd be absolutely amazing to actually do that properly. 
It's coming um, up with a good suggestion. Oof, Shira, Shira. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else would be cool? Um, actually, just uh, in the comments, uh, there's been a few mentions quickly of Wheel of Time. No, I have not checked out Wheel of Time yet. Um, I will. Yeah, it's I've on, never I'm, read I'm the books. If it's on Amazon. So I'm not. I'm not. Um, I have no. Well, I'll watch it. But I, I just have didn't no want. To I, it. I didn't want people in the comments to feel like we had, had ignored that. That's ah. going down. So. I mean, another series based on a series oh. of books would be Isaac Asimov's Foundation. Yes. Apparently that's on Apple TV, and apparently it's it's really fantastic. It's beautiful. I read all the books. The books were absolutely incredible, so I'm very excited to kind of check that out at some point. I it's not an 80s property, but um, there's been rumors that they're doing it as Neuromancer and um, Snow Crash. That's a William Gibson book. Yeah, William mm. Gibson and Neil Stevenson, respectively. Oh, I'd guys, like transforming F-14s. Wouldn't you like to see that in the real? Dude. Photo Viper says Mac would be cool, mm. but he'd be afraid they'd ruin it. Well, that's the gamble with all the stuff. Mm. Like, will you like it if it pisses on your childhood? Mm. No, you won't. <laughs> you know what so is really good, though? Right. How do, you, how do it... you please us? Our aspirations, well, right. our expectations are set sky high because these things have lived on in our nostalgia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, Cadillacs and dinosaurs hell yes cool. cool sorry just yeah hell yes oh no that's dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> but dino riders would be fr freaking amazing they did try to do something dino rider-esque uh mm. like it was bad <laughs> <laughs> it's like we get teleported to like a dinosaur planet and then we're making stuff and then yeah it had promise. Wait, it had wasn't promise, that a, but wasn't that called like Earth One or something? No, something, something like that. Something I can't like remember. Steven Spielberg produced it, maybe. Yeah, it was Elita, Battle Angel. No, no. Battle that. Angel was pulled off well in live action, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, you saying it's, it's something to do? I thought you were like, that's the one with the dinosaurs. No, it's I not. don't know no, what no, I'm no. talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, uh, should we segue into our topic, or have we uh, yeah, not sure. exhausted this one? I for think sure? I think mm. we, we're very exhausted now. I'm glad we're not talking about um, Human uh, Revelations Part Two. Cause that was... Yeah, because we could go on oh, forever. Something. We would yeah, we hate for. I like... haven't finished watching it. Okay, good. So should no spoilers. I? Okay. I think you should. It's five episodes, it's so and great. I think you should I... totally do. It. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I would go as far as to say this. I didn't hate the first one. You heard it here on this on this channel. Um, Ooh, hot I takes. Wasn't, uh, I didn't hate the first one. And when you watch the second part of that series, uh, it makes the first one relevant. So, hmm. yeah. And I, I don't know what happened show. to the show, but the animation was all over the place. <laughs> it was. It's sometimes like, smooth, it's like sometimes. But it wasn't even just the same company. I felt like they often did like weird anime things. Huh. So it's like they actually, for the second half, they they pulled in a ton of companies to finish the animation. And I feel, to me at least, that feels like they were going in a certain direction with the show, and then part and one then came out, and stuff. then and then there was a ton of, of reactions to it, whether positive or negative. And they were like, oh, "Okay, we have to redo the entire second half of the show." And there was an Ooh. episode early on in part two. Okay, I mean, just my last thing about this, but um, no, I felt like the entire episode was structured backwards. 
there were scenes where like the motivation of what the character was doing only came later in the episode. Oh, and it has yeah. to do with the episode. You, you know which one I'm talking about, the one with Evelyn, and, and like they, they're referring to things that haven't happened yet. And mm. she's doing stuff that she hasn't been motivated to do yet earlier in the episode. And then the stuff happens essentially backwards through the through the, the progression of the episode. And I was like, did you guys not edit this correctly? Mm-hmm. It it's completely in the incorrect order. Like you've you've actually messed this up. But anyway, I it was yeah, I, I think we can talk about this some other time. But I think it was just nice to be able to watch it and go, Oh great, we have two fairly decent, dare I say good He Man shows out at the moment, which is cool. And you don't have to like both. No, that's just yeah. cool that we live in a time no, where sure. that's can, a thing you can pick and you know? choose but yeah i think yeah what scott's saying is in agreement with me you can tell the second part had major course corrections made i think that was the reason that the animation was different yeah that's what i think as well because there were you there's usually different animations like like the not even i wouldn't even say the majority of it matches the first season because there's a mm. lot of it that's just so out to me at least seems out of place like there were no animation mistakes this time that like I picked up in the first part, but there were definitely in the entire sequences where like, okay, that doesn't look anything like the animation you've been using for the rest of the episode. And there's no um, motivation for it to look different because sometimes you know, animation can look different for reasons, you know, like this is the power up sequence. Of course it looks different or like this is the, the speed, mm. you know, there's reasons for it why you might choose a different style of animation, but there's no reason for it in this because the entire first season has a certain look animation-wise, but in the second part, does not. So I think, yeah, for sure, they, they're like, oh, shit, what are we doing? Oopsie doopsie. We got Meredith. a great... and uh, Yes, hello, Burgess Meredith, back from the grave, I see. He asked <laughs> the most important and very timeless question. Yo, why do you have Cobra Commander in a dress? Of course, he's shouting it, but it's very late at night, so I'm not going to speak for caps. Um, well... I, I didn't put him more. in a dress. None of us put it him is, in a dress. This is actually uh, covert footage. Uh, it was sent to me by Sneak Peek, and that's why I made the thumbnail with it. Stepping um. on freedom and venom and snake bites, bright shiny his tanks and endless dark nights, fatal fluffies and burger joint tricks. These are some of the ways I get my kicks. Snake armored soldiers and villainous henchmen, master vices and cold slithers top 10, making slaves fight with two evil joysticks. These are some of the ways I get my kicks. Raiding the tomb <laughs> of world leaders long dead. Why is that idea still stuck in my head? Replacing generals to start big conflicts. These are some of the ways i get my kicks when gi joe shoots when zartan sings when i'm feeling glad i simply remember my favorite things and then i don't feel so bad baroness all dressed up cocked it up already anyways there's another verse to this uh this is contributed by andrew grant over on youtube uh seems we have more than one lyricist in the bird and that is the reason cobra commander is looking like um uh, Julie Andrews, uh, on the sound it's because the maybe Julie Andrews us, is Cobra Commander. <clears throat> the three of us are going to recount stories of our favorite individual Joe <laughs> things. Um, these are things that, after some careful consideration, just put us in the best of moods when we think about them, reminisce about them. They can be a toy. They can be a piece of paraphernalia they can be an idea but uh this episode is entitled our favorite things and my favorite things 
and we ask you in the comments and in the comments down below after the fact like tell us what your favorite joe things are as i say they don't necessarily have to be a, a toy they can be a toy but um what gets you going when it comes to gi joe um rob's thinking hard <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to got... remember things it's such a long time ago now well um paul unless the you 90s. want to kick the ball off um i can get it rolling i mark, mark in the comments says zartan yeah great yeah. one that and just the hello, concept Marcus. of him hello mark. Oh, hi mark <laughs> oh hi yeah, mark uh, also, Dar Darren's in full lyricist mode again with some more sound of music. Many seventeen B reckons you missed your calling. How do you catch a snake on pin them down? I wasn't in the sound of music. Uh, can you tell? Um, shocking. All right. you, you were actually doing no. um, Stephen Sonderheim music. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, rest in peace, Stephen Sonderheim. Uh, Indeed, he passed Legend. away this week. Assassin, mm. I still remember watching Assassins with you and uh, previous girlfriend um, at the, oh. the New Space Theater. Um, that that's also a, dead. That's also the, dead. The, the relationship is dead. The previous the girlfriend is still alive, dead. I think. The memories. We, I <laughs> the memories she's of the not nice. my friend on Facebook anymore, and we don't follow each other's like Instagram, so she might be dead. I don't know. I don't wish ill on her. No, of course not, but uh, Assassins. I mean, that was Assassins. Good. A dead playwright in a dead theater. Oh, all very sad. Um, Chris anyway, chasing Eddie's toys says that Shipwreck and Polly really true. are his one of his favorite things. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Such terrific characterization, fun toys, um, and a good duo. All right, guys. I think I'm going to get us started. Mine kind of unfold in a chronology, so try and keep up hmm. or keep track if you can. Um, so my first G.I. Joe figure must have been one of the three, uh, either Lifeline, Monkey Wrench, or Iceberg. But my first G.I. Joe vehicle was the co Cobra. I was about to say Cobra Ferrets, but actually, no, it was the Tiger Paul, the Tiger Force mm. version of the Ferrets. Because, you know, I was a little late to the party, as you, haven't, as you might have gathered by now. And so the Tiger Paul was my first blushings with like building a G.I. Joe vehicle, this kind of model kit approach. But the thing I want to talk about wasn't the vehicle. The thing I want to talk about was the included paraphernalia, the catalog. Ah, so you didn't care, but you'd like throw the toy away. Oh, that old well, thing. The toy, <laughs> the toy is the toy, but the catalog was so much more than the toy. The toy, the catalog was the promise of every other toy that you could possibly get in that series. Oh, and in my, my case, the promise of every toy you wouldn't get. Sorry. Well, to, to my five-year-old brain, I thought that everything on this piece of paper was out there and I could hunt for it. Mm. And so this was the 1990 Euro catalog. This is when Such in, a cool catalog. in the UK you would have seen tell of G.I. Joe and Action Force joining forces to become G.I. Joe the Action Force. Now that's the version I had, uh, not the version pictured here that I pulled off yojo.com. Thank you very much, yojo.com. Um, instead of the text that dealt with G.I. Joe and Action Force becoming one, they've got the the American sort of 
uh, catalog image art of the 1988 series. You know, the one with the bug dipping into the swamp, the stiletto and the X-19 going head to head and the rolling thunder in the foreground, amongst other things. Mm. But the text wasn't important. What was of crucial importance is that along with my nippy little tiger paw, what was advertised were tiger fly with, I must add, uh, the unproduced wild bill in the cockpit, mm. the unproduced recondo riding the tiger paw. A much cooler looking recondo because technically we did <laughs> get recondo with tiger force. Yes, you might, I'm saying, yeah, yeah you're absolutely yeah. right. The, the, the recondo that has the sort of the um, tiger stripe over a tan. I love that. Dark Why weren't these prototypes that someone recently discovered in the warehouse? No, <sighs> boo, if only. I think these were only mocked up for that photo shoot. No. I don't know if they... <laughs> Pardon me. Yes. <laughs> the tiger cat, which mm. just the fact that the image is photographed from a low angle, angle and three quarters isometric from the front told you very little about what was happening in the back section. So you were kind of married to these images and your imagination filled in the blanks. The tiger cat, the fact that it said in the blurb that it could transport 10 figures to uh, tough situations. I'm trying to do this from, from memory because unfortunately <laughs> the text, they all have to hang on. <laughs> the text that we're greeted with here or uh, in tri languages, but none of them English. Um, yeah. I thought that this was an APC in addition to being able to fling missiles through the air. No, they just um, hang out on the outside. Little did I know, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> as I say, the Tiger Cat seemed like the stuff of legends. In fact, all of the Tiger Force vehicles did because they all were callbacks to a bygone era and therefore had a different aesthetic to the other stuff in the catalog. The tigers are cool, you know? Like we probably don't even know what the hell these vehicles were before they came out as Tiger Force vehicles. That image, yeah, those absolutely. images there are why I love Tiger Force. The, that's I fell in love with Tiger Force there. That's that's well, running out the awesome force was the Tiger Shark, which also was super cool. And I actually did manage to find growing up. And Heck as yeah. I say, it, it rocketed to the front of the class in terms of um, favoritism because it just was a different feel to the other stuff that I had at the time. It was more detailed. It kind of was like more compact, more realistic. Uh, really connected with that. Oh, incidentally. In the Tiger Shark cockpit, I learned much later, is once again another custom driver. That was uh, Tiger Force Torpedo. Uh, looks like he's done mm. up in kind of yellow scheme, mm. but that was never produced, not for retail. And then moving over to the figures of note, you can see mixed in with the regular US releases of Duke, Roadblock, Lifeline, Tripwire. We have the start of the Euro Tiger Force guys, that being Psychart and Outback. Oh, yeah, the love affair Outback. started there. Mm. And I don't know if you realize, but um, Outback's lamp is on the wrong side, which tells me that this image has been flipped. Ha ha. Interesting. Bastard. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, because everyone's Roblox's lefty. gun is in his left hand. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, so is Lifeline's gun. <laughs> In his left hand. <laughs> his gun. <laughs> oh, oh. I'll save hey, you. Lifeline's only a pacifist in the cartoon, mostly. So. Yeah. Getting on to the rest of the catalog, <laughs> this might come as a surprise to a number of our, our listeners and, and viewers. Um, 
We have the imp squaring off against the swamp masher. We have the desert fox, which looks completely foreshortened in the image. So I had no idea how long that thing was and how it has mm. sort, of, sort of a back bed mm. that is quite extensive. I was very happily surprised when I saw how how lengthy the actual toy was and how you could jam it with the additional figures in the back. Also notice the different version of Treadmark or Skidmark we have in the back there. It's got a different mm -hmm. helmet. Mm. The figure assortment. Oh, fantastic. Such winners. This is the series that G.I. Joe really landed for me. Uh, this is where I really started buying up absolutely everything I could find. Um, and also interesting to see my choices of figures <laughs> at the time. Um, like my early purchases were all purchased for me for birthdays and Christmas. But the first figure that I actually recall getting myself was Hydra Viper. Hydra Viper, yeah. Yeah. Something freaky about that guy that really spoke to me. Spoke to me a lot more than the guys he was competing with. Like I remember distinctly snubbing a Falcon in favor of Hydra. <laughs> hey. Like I don't want to know. Yeah, but that makes sense because, like, yeah, like as a kid, oh, sometimes you're all... looking for army or you're looking for like sci-fi. You know, this is also the era where if an O-ring broke, I stupidly threw out the figure. So Voltar met his end that way, and so did the Iron Grenadier. What? And that's why I never saw an Voltar. Idiot. Huh? Yeah, like he had the vehicle. You his... but you didn't... <laughs> no, I had his his bird. His bird, but he didn't have him mm. himself. The RPV and the Skystorm were clogging shelves uh, in our local Dion's, um, but I only bought them later as an adult. Of interest is the fact that this catalog advertises the Demon and the Despoiler, but no AGP. Hmm. So I, oh, look, didn't know the AGP, I didn't know the AGP existed until I was an adult. Maybe they just couldn't fit it in, I guess. Mm -hmm. like... Mm -hmm. There's and now we get to the real crowd pleasers. Oh, oh, yes. The Warthog, which I did have. The Phantom X-19, which I did not. Mm. And pff, the big ticket item of that year. I that love this catalog shot, dude. I love it so much. It the is so rolling ominous. thunder in this beautiful environment set against this darkening sky with these maces in the background. Also a prototype because... No hubcaps. Well, no, wait, it does have hubcaps. But okay, it's got this kind of foldable ramp section in the front, which isn't true to the mass retail. But mm. it is loaded with the guys of that series and <laughs> Storm Shadow like, awkwardly Storm running behind. <laughs> guys, come on. This toy fired my imagination like no other. I remember fawning over this picture. And as I, as I was mentioning up front, like, the toy was great. The tiger paw was great and all. Um, I eventually traded it in for a, a mask condor that one kid brought to school one day. Uh, but the catalog lived on on every long car ride, every time I was just sitting in my room. I mean, I was the kind of kid who loved his paperwork so much, I cut out the, the card backs and used the little character portraits as mini action figures. <laughs> I didn't have stands or anything. I would just kind of use them. It's kind of like playing pieces, but I would actually like, you know, pretend they were fighting like shh, 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 shh. <laughs> move these guys along the desk like troops. Um, so yeah, the paper, the paperwork was always important. Oh, and something we won't ever mention and you know, need to talk about is the <laughs> bloody mean dog over there. Yeah, whatever. Why? That's, Such that's a great too. vehicle. 
<laughs> Such a cool toy. And that's me, boys. That's that's my first favorite thing. That first catalog I saw and just the adventures my mind went on after fawning over that. Who's next? It's wild. Ooh, I'll so go good. next. Um, so one of my favorite things in... Well, the catalog is one of my favorite things, by the way. I I think we have a very similar experience growing up with Which that. Which one? Uh, Do you have both. A that one that you're looking okay. at now and the big uh, fold-out blue one that we, that we had. Sides, that I think, yeah, because... Yeah, I just remember that awesome image of the Tiger Force um, blowing me away. And then David also had like this cool uh, catalog. It was like Terror in the Tundra is one. And that wasn't from a local figure. Um, hmm. Well, it, it wasn't at the time. I remember seeing it uh, from, a, I think he came back from Hong Kong and he had a vehicle with that in it. And he had some Arctic thing and it's got a little booklet with the Steel Brigade offer. Anyway, but I also used to have a lot of that fun with the with the catalogs, imagining what those toys would be like and what it would be like finding them, which would you know go on to provide much trauma going into my adult life, anyway, <laughs> and which is probably why uh, why I love my collection so much. But um, anyway, my first favorite thing in GI Joe is the Sunbow cartoon. Uh, oh, why whole thing? The whole thing. <laughs> I absolutely love that it exists. It is. It, it's something like when I was a kid, when I was much younger and I got to watch the stuff on the videotapes and whatever, uh, it was cool. And it, and it was always like, wow, this is really good. We're finally watching some G.I. Joe stuff because everything we had been allowed to watch or been able to watch has been like Mask and Rambo and whatever else was on TV at the time. So it was pretty standard fare. You were like, oh, it's a cartoon. As an adult, I, I realized how much I really love um, Sunbow's G.I. Joe. Why? Because it takes you to this weird sort of um world that's like Saturday morning cartoons Earth. eating your yeah. cereal mm. yeah exactly it takes you there it reminds you of like getting up early in the morning um even at your friend's house to watch like ktv and stuff in the morning which is like a cartoon channel here in south africa kids television um and also if you're wondering KTV for you and me <laughs> and it also like it just took you to this world this like world where Cobra was like literally the only bad thing. And, you know, there were tons of like weird, <laughs> there's lots of weird robotics. Cities. Exactly. And there's robotics and there's lasers and there's futuristic equipment. And then at the same time, there's like buried pyramids and ruins with actual ghosts and monsters and shit. And that's, that's what makes, that's the thing that makes cartoons so awesome for me. And having recently w started watching some of the episodes again, I'm just reminded of how. This is probably one of my favorite things. Like if I was Serpentor um, and I was brought back to, you know, made, you know, as Serpentor or something, I would probably seek out my box set of the, uh, of the Sumbo show to give me my powers and to help restore my beard. What, uh, uh, what kind of bearding pattern would that give you? Um, <laughs> it would probably give me like no beard actually because I'd have, I'd be a child again. You'd I'd be a child. Like, <laughs> no, no beard. Freaky. I wonder what's but, silly uh, that. <clears throat> I don't think Does that mean mind. The, the curtains match the drapes in a smooth yeah. everywhere. No, wait. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> this is the leading uh, question. Roth, let's let's yeah, let's put the kibosh on this question all yeah. together. Um <laughs> loving the responses in the chats, guys. Yeah, catalogs did play a, an important role. And the Sunbow cartoon, huge uh, support for that as well. Fantastic. I mean, like, oh, guys, I mean, sorry, just I could go on. I mean, it's the thing that navigated my first 
modern G.I. Joe purchases. My first G.I. Joe purchases when I started buying Joes again in my 20s uh, mm. was navigated by the cartoon. In fact, I actually think I managed to start off my collection by having that box set. It's that locker, you know, that, it's that locker box, that foot locker box that came with the flash drive and all that good stuff. And I've just got such great memories with that because I saw it in the catalog and I was like, that's mine. And then it came in and then... Do oh, any toy beautiful. lines do that anymore? A full, like, poster size catalog or leaflet with di effectively Dio stories set up to push the toys. I can't think of a single one. Mm. I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's all in, it's all, you know, it's pictures you release on Twitter. It's people who follow your social media. Uh, yeah. It just happens. It's all online. It's, it's YouTube channels. Yeah, you know they, they release the channel for the, the thing on there of including the, <clears> the leaflet <throat> by just showing you tasty photographs online. But nothing yeah. fired the imagination like having the cross sell, having the catalog in the box. You pull yeah. it out and you would agonize. You'd pour over this thing. You'd pester your parents with it. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll never get that back. But Rob, Rob um, you're up to bat, my friend. And before Rob, oh. sorry, there's just a comment here. Uh, mm. Rodrigo Rivera Luna, and I, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, dude. Yeah, uh, but he just his favorite was Scoop. He really loved that figure. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> Scoop. Hook, line, and sinker, he, baby. Was he? Was he the one? You know, was he, he's one of the Cobras, wasn't he? Thing. Actually, Maybe. yes. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Once. Oh, to right, okay, cool. No, I, I, don't, I don't remember Scoop so much. Nah. I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, I oh, think, think Toxa92, that's a good choice. Shout outs, bro. Thanks very much for the, the kind words. But to, to put Rodrigo at some, uh, Rodrigo at some ease, um, Rob is being very sarcastic. Um, and what? so are all of no them. Way. Because Rob is like, probably the biggest scoop fan in the world the only person who i think rivals scoops um oh, rob's love for scoop is somebody on instagram called scoop daily or daily scoop or something who also posts a I whole bunch of images he's able to take scoop around the world and just yeah of well scoop not anymore day. but anyway well you know after yeah. points, he was um, but, but yeah but uh, nice thank you for mentioning scoop, scoop. everywhere yeah scoop is amazing Scoop but I so think great. I think something fundamental that I think everyone can agree with that is definitely a favorite. I mean, I think a lot of people are obviously getting to be able to do that again now with the release of the the uh, classified figure range. But I think it's something that we still won't really be able to do, at least in South Africa now, is actually being able to go to a store and buy figures. That is one mm. of my favorite things ever, is, is being able to enter a store, actually see something that I want, and pick it up off the shelf and buy it. And I think... There were lots of different figure series at the time that, I mean, I was interested in from He-Man to Thundercats. But I think being able to see a G.I. Joe on the shelf and, and being able to, like, pick and choose, like, oh, I want this one. I um, I don't so much want this one. You know, like, he's he doesn't have a camera, but this guy has a camera. So, I mean, he's obviously so much better because he comes with the camera. Um, um, yeah, so I think buying figures. I mean, I still have, have good memories of, of, of being able to go to almost any store. I mean, there was a there was a, a, a series of stores called Dion's. I mean, they become mm, something else now. They're more Dion. like electronics um, retail chain. But they, I suppose, Dion's became a, a company called Game here. They kind of rebranded. But I mean, you're just able to go there and just find just toys on shelves, racks and racks and racks. I mean, the entire like boys' aisle was just filled with GI Joe, and 
your the options were were basically endless. I mean, I don't think I bought every single figure that came out. I bought the ones that you know that kind of specifically interested me. But um, it's that joy of being able to go in a shop and like you see the price, and you you know you like you um, you know negotiate with your parents with your, with your mother to try and like can can I get this one? Can I get this one? Can I get the third one? And then when it doesn't work, no, out, too violent. Yeah, the one with the camera. Yeah, the one with the camera. And when it doesn't work out, you throw a tantrum, and then you know all of the little everyone laughs at you, and you don't mind because you've you've got those bloody toys. Because your eyes on the prize, dude. Yeah, (laughs) you got to stay focused. You know everything you can, everything and everything you could do to get that toy. You got to do it. Um, And I've I've often even had dreams of of actually being back in in Dion's or in I suppose CNA. And and actually finding toys and it's it's always it always feels like a nightmare when I wake up because it's like that's the coolest thing ever because you can't have that anymore it's it's not a thing you can have um, and yeah as I said I think obviously people who are buying classified now can find those figures in some stores in the states or I suppose Canada maybe Europe to a certain degree but it's not something that we have had since our childhood here in South Africa so that is definitely one of my favorite things that I miss the most. Um, about G.I. Joe is being able to buy toys in the shop. Mm. There's literally nothing. I mean, I, I sometimes, I mean, obviously Paul, he's fortunate enough to have uh, He-Mans. He can pick up He-Man he can get. Um, but every time I go in the shop, there's nothing. There's like literally nothing that I, I go, this is really cool because it's all like bargain basement, uh, copies of other things. And as always, I mean, uh, I remember from five or six, seven years ago when they were saying, oh, the big Big toy choice for this Christmas is Spider-Man. Why is it Spider-Man? Because it's the only toy you bring in. You bring in a, a, a ton of Spider-Man toys. Of course, it's the favorite for Christmas because parents have no choice but to buy it. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's frightening that there's no like Motu in the Christmas catalog from either Toys R Us or Toys R Us. Because the there's, there's a ton. There's a, wild, there's a wide selection of toys from that line that people mm. could be getting right now. But anyway, that is definitely one of my favorite things that I miss the most. Of being a child and being a GI Joe so fan, being able to say pick we those all, figures up. Unfortunately, even if the retro O-ring collection kicks off from Hasbro Pulse and then becomes a main line, we will be robbed that experience. I, you know, yeah, we still, still be won't so get niche that. that you and the thing is that, that the, the, the variety of figures won't be the same as what you mm. had back in the nineties and the eighties. There's ah, like yes. seven, eight, nine, ten different figures you could choose from, and then of you know it, it would it's a knock-on effect. Like I mean, obviously they would keep them there until they not just until they sold out. I mean they'd just stay there until people bought them and they bring in the new mm. ones. So you had well, twenty different figures you could choose from. Hopefully, some of them became dead stock, like all exactly. those Voltars, the, <laughs> the Voltars and the the Star Brigade. I suppose to a certain degree. I mean, you could buy tons of those at that. that um, the factory toy shop that we went to. Well, I mean, I'd like to, if I may, highlight a comment from Moonlight 47. Probably a cliche, but my favorite can be narrowed into two words, snake eyes. Close second would be a tie between the 25th Joes and the Street Fighter movie re-release vehicles. Now, I am not familiar with the movie re-release vehicles. I assume that doesn't include... I hope it doesn't include the one of those ninja striker. chop chops. What was that vehicle that I hated? The ninja chop chop vehicle. <laughs> a ninja chop chop. <laughs> it's a ninja chop chop vehicle. Oh no, those are the um, the battle axe and whatever. Yes. The, um... Chop chop. Yeah. 
Awesome. Hopefully they don't um, re-release so that. I assume it's not that. <laughs> the, the, the movie re-release vehicles, that's if that's your happy place, that's incredible, man. That's very yeah. That I, is pretty I, cool though. As a Joe fan, lifelong Joe fan, that's an area that I'm totally And Snake Eyes is definitely I think it's a valid choice. I mean, it's definitely the thing that's taken off the most for G.I. Joe. It's the thing that more people outside of G.I. Joe recognize is Snake Love Eyes. Ahead. Snake it's Eyes he's between him and you know Storm Shadow. So you can't yeah. not have a snake eyes, basically. Even exactly. if you, you can't think he's not overexposed. Have a snake eyes. Exactly. You kind of have to have Mine's one. out of reach. Damn it. I'm not no. How could again. you? Paul even has nice. one in his hand. I don't have one of those. But you I have one of these. I don't have one of those. <laughs> the only member of the G.I. Joe Club or G.I. Joe Club to not be in the Swivel Arm 83 Snake Eyes. I can't club. even believe it. Oh, I'm sure. I'll just, hopefully, I can get myself one of those retro O ring snake eyes. No, it has to be one of these. This is an original. <laughs> All right, it's a reproduction. So it's like a Netflix account. remake of the original. <laughs> Come on. What, you have a reproduction bank account, Paul? Where were you going with that? No, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a it's, it's an original. You know. An original it's a, remake. It's also hard to get. Originally, it had some positive balance, but now <laughs> it's going down now and down. Now it's naked. <laughs> <laughs> it's leeg, my bro. It's definitely my a good choice. Okay, boys. Next one up for <laughs> the Jobmeister. Is you? I had I'll the catalog, right. but I needed more toys. And the most substantial vehicle that I got first, the first substantial vehicle that I ever got, yeah, it was Christmas of 1992. And it was this beauty the Cobra Bug. Whoa, crap. What happened? My screen. That's a real there stuff in here, a blog post. <laughs> yes, this is taken from my Where did original, you find that? my old school blog from March of 2011. Oh. I did a write-up on the bug. I said, oh, okay, time, time, to take a look, time to take a look at a piece that some may regard as obscure, but certainly less <laughs> than the Sea Ray I looked at a little time ago. And it's one of my buddy's faves. So, Paul, this one's for you. Yay! <laughs> A dedication back in 2011. We hadn't even begun podcasting by then. That came in October, as I recall. Anyways, I got the Cobra Bug for Christmas, guys. What an absolute windfall that was. Because this toy was so gargantuan to me at the time. Like, it was more than just a submersible amphibious vehicle. This was like a command node for Cobra. And it's significant for being... The first time where Cobra actually became the protagonist for me. The bug signaled that toy that I just wanted to play with so badly that like Cobra were now the heroes and G.I. Joe were the enemy. I would prioritize this vehicle over everything else. I'd load it with guys because of the obvious shortcomings in terms of its armor. It would have shields, of course. Of course. <laughs> so it could just like sit in the middle of the battlefield and take withering fire and not be damaged at all and just return fire. Um, the fact that you had so many accessible internal spaces always, I mean, Paul, you refer to this all the time. Like that is, that is one of the essentials when it comes to a vehicle. If you can actually place figures inside it and have little nooks and crannies and accessible areas that aren't just exposed, you know, you're not just sitting a guy in a seat and he's <coughs> flapping in the breeze. The bug was perfect in that regard because it's built to be a, a submersible. And I had love for the neon colors because, you know, commercial subs all 
sported those colors and why wouldn't cobra use that too i guess they weren't trying to sneak up on anyone Dude, your but... thought process is much cooler than mine there i was just like it looks cool it looks <laughs> that, that was it i was like it looks cool now yeah. the play pattern with the bug after i graduated from these very obvious like popular with guys sit in the middle of a battlefield and just dominate actually took on a kind of a hunt for red october sneaking style of gameplay which hmm. like when i think about it now it's totally my happy place uh rob maybe you joined me on one of these missions because in in addition to the bug we had the complementary vehicle of the hammerhead so this allowed many kids to play simultaneously like cobra submersible action so we used the detachable subs we used you know the bugs pod the five detachable craft from the, the hammerhead and of course the vehicles themselves so an entire army of kids could be accommodated by one of these games and the format of the game i think was a port that cobra had to lay waste to but in order to get there they'd have to navigate some incredible underwater cavern or reef structure like if you can conjure up all of the best um submarine films that all have that incredibly tense like you know everyone's hanging on to something while they barely scrape through a small rocky aperture not really being able to see outside the craft i mean sure this has enormous bubbles but you get my meaning like you're plunged into these murky depths where the sunlight doesn't reach because you're in an overhang environment and you've got these two cumbersome craft, well, cumbersome on land maybe, but certainly very maneuverable in the water. And that's where the bug really shines, man. Like just being completely submerged. Um, I remember even playing this after dark and we'd switch the TV, the sort of old school tube television, CRT TV to like a blue standby screen. Like mm -hmm. You can select blue or black. So we selected blue and it cast this incredible blue light on the lounge. And we were just very painstakingly in slow motion, navigate these trenches and make this run to ultimately pop up in the middle of this port and just spew carnage. So guys, that is one of my favorite things for sure. My favorite position of all, which I don't have a picture of, unfortunately, so you're just going to have to bear with me if you're not familiar with the toy. But the rear gunning section has so much beautifully sculpted technical greebly to mm. it. Switches and a speaker box and various dials and things. And it's just so nice. So my favorite guy would always be on top there if he wanted to take shots with his you know main machine gun he could but mainly he was the commander and uh, best times <laughs> best times yeah and paul i suppose you have something to say about the bug as well i'm sure mm. um, go for it brother uh it's it's crazy because like your list preceded ours and we didn't want to have any overlap uh but yeah the bug reminds <laughs> me of my birthday from 1992 oddly enough um and so that happened obviously before you got your bug for Christmas. And it was also, it's the biggest vehicle I, I owned as a kid. It would continue to be like the, probably the biggest toy I owned as a kid. Um, and it wasn't like the biggest toy, but I mean, it, it was. And it's just really special for me as well. It's just like, 
that's kind of i think that's kind of what made me know that i was a gi joe fan if i look back at my life as a kid like you know you can look at you can be like i bought biker mice from mars and i bought toxic crusaders and i bought this and that and whatever but you begged and pleaded with your children uh, with your parents to get the cobra bug for your birthday you're like and it was it was probably my favorite thing when i was a kid probably not probably it was my favorite thing as a kid i barreled that thing everywhere shame played with it into Aww. non-existence <laughs> loved it dude on the Bugs topic awesome. of sector vipers helmets because yeah they are scarce those glass domes or not glass, plastic, transparent plastic <laughs> domes. Um, I believe repros are an option now, and they're pretty seamless and very clear. So nice. almost better than the original's opacity. But uh, the workaround that I always used, particularly in the Destros. image that I showed, uh, yeah, just, um, all... Destro from Star, Star Brigade. Destro, yeah. sort of armored helmet dude. Uh, where was it now? <laughs> while you're yeah, looking it, for that it uh, photographs we well from the front but uh around the back yeah, it's got you that turn it around it's got that back but it's nice though because it kind of like a plastic little bit of armor that like sort of photoms look yeah. yeah man it works i think i think it's a good fit but then again i think my vintage or my original my my the sector viper pictured here might have some slight gapping on his shoulders so maybe that helmet has done that it was a fix that i did as a child so forgive me i wasn't so, keen on my preservation skills back then in the sunbow show uh the my favorite things episode um there's a very cool scene with the is it my favorite things that does it now i'm trying to remember but there's submarines that are the the gi joe submarines i mean the cobra submarines and then they become oh, tanks remember. as well oh really oh it's not that oh, it's actually sweet. not that episode it's the most dangerous thing in the world sorry okay it's the one and yeah, I remember they a... do dive, like the, the 1986 team do dive down into, I don't know, Atlantis. But that, you know, well, these, these they blue fight tanks. Cobra. Yeah, well, they fight Serpentor underwater. I think, episode. yeah, yeah, they, there again. is that. And then later on, they, um, Serpentor attacks the Joe base. And he's got a whole bunch of these submarines that actually come on onto land with these tank dreads and things. It, it might actually make for an interesting toy. Uh, which is probably what somebody said when they saw the initial designs. And that might have, pro I think that may have prompted the design of the Cobra Bug. I wonder. Mm. I wonder if, I wonder if it was a case of like Sumbo had heard, oh, Hasbro is actually making a tank, a submarine that can go and land, you know? And then they're like, we don't have any pictures for you. So come up with something that you think would make sense. And then, because that's there. And the bug is that. Anyway, um, it's really cool. Mm. So, the love bug. Enough. The love bug. All right, oh, love Paul. boat, if you prefer. Is it toss, me next? Toss something onto the fire, my friend. Let's watch those flames rise. This dude. This, this don't, dude. Don't toss him onto the fire. Yeah, no, I won't toss <laughs> this on the fire. Not oh just this dude, not just this toy in particular, but Storm Shadow. I love Storm Shadow. It's a crazy, crazy thing for me because... When I was younger, you know, like many of us, it was always Snake Eyes. It's like Snake Eyes this, Snake Eyes that, uh, blah, blah, blah. I never grew up in a time where Storm Shadow was a bad guy. I always knew him as a good guy. I've always known Storm Shadow as a G.I. Joe. Now my, my, my headphones are getting stuck. Anyway, um, so I always thought, okay, cool. He's like the balance, the other ninja to Snake Eyes. And, you know, as a kid, I was always like, um, you know, when your friends like 
or grab the cool toys and then you're left with the non-cool toy or whatever it is. Um, so Storm Shadow was always the second best toy. You know, a Snake Eyes was always the way to go. David would run ahead of me to Dion's. Sometimes we'd actually run <laughs> against each other to get to the toy shop so that he could get the cooler ones before me. And I was just like, I couldn't be bothered, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was always Storm Shadow because of that. And as I've gotten older, I've learned to really appreciate Storm Shadow's character because here's a guy that's gone from being a good guy to being a bad guy to going back to being a good guy that has now got all of the sins of the past of his past of being a bad guy with him that like sticks with him exactly and you've got this character that i just feel is in a lot of ways a much more interesting story than snake eyes is oh shots fired but he is my favorite thing about <laughs> about gi joe i just find he's more relatable um in a lot of ways like and I really, really like Storm Shadow. And I just feel like he works really well. He's not as much of a MacGuffin as Snake Eyes is. And yeah, and, and fun fact, I carry this Storm Shadow, this, this specific one, because the other one I wouldn't dare carry around with me. This is one I got when I was in the States for Jokon. And he oh, goes yeah. with me everywhere. This is like my lucky charm. This is my favorite thing. So like, this sticks with me everywhere I go. This is in my backpack or in my jacket pocket or something. And... Uh, yeah, it's great. I love this toy. I love this character. It's kind of like a weird avatar, like a weird kind of uh, guardian angel for me. And that's Storm Shadow. Which I'll is the greatest Storm Shadow, though? Dude, do you prefer? I don't know the, which. The fan school one. This one. <laughs> oh, there he is. That's the best version. Is that the, the off-white? Yeah, I, I prefer um, this one. I think... There's He's something so about its vintage quality that I just really love. As wish um, could but this will this has always been my like this was my first understanding. When when people talk about Storm Shadow when I was a kid, this was how I imagined Storm Shadow was this version. This is the best always. version. Until I watched the Sunbow <laughs> show and saw this one. You and your American yeah, so, toys. <laughs> but yeah, they're so good. Although he yeah, he also needs a new O ring. He's a He's dying a little bit. Has he got ninja kicking action? Mine, mine is okay. He's getting good. <laughs> well, no, he's he's getting O-ring. He's really loose in the chest, yeah. Actually, yeah, if I were to pull this very slightly right now, it would snap. Oh. Yeah. Well, then don't pull it slightly. <laughs> pull it really greatly. Come on. crazy. Just. Yep. <laughs> Rob, um, you owe us a favorite thing, my friend. A favorite thing. One of my favorite things was... What gets you so, giddy? What gets you in the mood? So what, what? What? Well, I suppose it's more like like what got. Well, I I like that I have a friend who owns a ton of vehicles, so I don't have to own them. So as as a child, it's Stephen. It's you, Stephen. Uh, as a child, I didn't have a lot of vehicles, so it was always a lot of fun to be able to like, go around to Stephen's place and play toys. I mean, I didn't just go there because of the vehicles. I mean, we had a really good time together. And his, his you know, he he's later on he was really good at making popcorn. Early on, his dad. And his mom were really good at making food. I mean, they're still good at making food now, but I mean, well, I don't know and about now, now but I mean, up to at least five years ago, they were pretty good at making food when I last had meal at their house. <laughs> but it was always cool because I already owned the figures. So it was, it was always one of my favorite things was going to around Stephen's space and playing with the vehicles. I mean, only a couple of years ago, did I finally actually get a Warthog. The Warthog was one of the coolest vehicles to be able to play with. 
And while Steven absolutely loved the bug, I, I think overall preferred the, the hammerhead. I mean, it's kind of like the second place because obviously I can't like the bug because Steven always had the bug. So, of course, I was like, I guess I like you is now. Is the hammerhead you know, second like, place I the no bug? I don't think it is. In my I, mind, I, I don't think, think the it is either. much better than the bug. But Dual first place. Come on. I don't, I just like this more the more sleeker design. The commander looks cooler to me. It looks like a cool like cobra, you know, cyclops dude. Um, and I I think it looks Shit, more it looks more sleek. It looks more dangerous, hmm. and it comes with with cool. I mean, I think it has more, uh, you know, submersibles and stuff as well. So that's pretty cool. It and the submersibles the look cool. Bug, the bug, like is the bug mark it, too. Through Better. the lens of the 90s, where it was like, <laughs> let's rip the roof off the fun factor. Because... Yeah, let's just, just throw the fun away. <laughs> let's just make this. <laughs> well, like I mentioned earlier, like you could invite just a gang of friends around to play with this one toy. So... It was a play feature all in itself. I mean, there that's that's why I'm saying I think... I suppose, yeah, so it would be like vehicles or being able to play at your house, having a friend who actually own vehicles. I mean, having toys, I remember playing with other friends and I think none of us really had any 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 vehicles. We were just kind of like stuck there playing with, you know, with the figures and kind of like moving around with carpets and, and you know, Hang on. just doing stuff. I'm with... confused. Were you talking about the hammerhead just now? I was or talking the about the hammerhead, yes. Ah, okay. Uh, I, the hammerhead, yes. The warthog is pretty yeah. cool too. I'm saying... I'm saying vehicles in general. It's cool to have. Okay. One of my favorite things was that I had a friend who owned vehicles for the, for, for mm. the line. Because, I mean. And that's kind of what's missing. You know? Like, we now need a HasLab to get a significant vehicle. Yeah. Um, well, back then, it was just every year they were producing six or seven different vehicles. GI you know, Joe is a vehicle, vehicle heavy toy line, vehicle focused toy line. Um, and that's why I can never make the transition to being a six-inch collector. Yeah, it's not gonna. Mm. It is not a vehicle. There's what two bikes at this point? Is it two bikes and and a, that's it, right? Just two bikes. Yep, it's a one and a half bikes. <sighs> yeah, but still, Danny, about time. Know. Good morning, Florida. It's a green bike Hello. and then half of something that resembles a bike. <laughs> but I think oh, yeah, okay. I think it's being able to play with vehicles. I mean. You know, just absolutely transformed your playtime. I mean, mm -hmm. what you could do was just so much more varied than than just having the actual action figures in front of you playing with them. Um, so yeah, definitely, I think yeah. So I suppose that favorite thing would be having a friend who had vehicles. Maybe my favorite thing is just Jaja vehicles. Maybe I could I could be <laughs> not more generic. Having a friend? Uh oh. No, not having the friend. I mean, not you know, it's just cool to, I was just glad that I could play with the vehicles. You know, but no, oh, I think yes. I think it would be having a friend who had vehicles for the jojo line it just kind of cements your appreciation mm. for the toy line overall the figures are cool the vehicles just make it absolutely next level yeah having it, friends around so to play with my vehicles that's, that too yeah that's you pretty know? key yeah yeah it makes a it huge difference it's, it, if you're sitting there alone with your vehicle you're just like <laughs> okay i have the bug i could fit well, 10 figures in here but like how am i going to manipulate all of these figures i was that Can't. kid you you know, Westy, I was the kid, know, on, just kid on the block who everyone would come over to, to my house. The figures. <laughs> this uh, this that lucky kid too. with you loads know. and loads of vehicles. Um, where is the Barracuda love, says Darren? <sighs> well, 
Hopefully everyone who's a fan of Joburg has seen our review of the Barracuda 1991, Yeah, for sure. We definitely loved it six years ago. We, <laughs> we, loved, we loved that toy. Uh, and we loved the fact that it is G.I. Joe's rather puny David and Goliath answer to the bug in the hammerhead. But uh, in terms of just a quality toy, it could never surpass those Cobra entries. Cobra no, sure. one. It's just a one-man vehicle, you know. Scenario. With a play feature. It, it doesn't there's no there's no like comparison i think between the 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 cobra submersibles versus gi joe submersibles and shots fired guys but i don't think the whale is meant to go on the open waters <laughs> that's not a deep watercraft so yeah cobra My kind goodness. of wins on the surface <clears throat> as well unless you kind yeah, of shock it's, 9, well, it's 000, more of a coastal it's more of a coastal vehicle i think the whale would be because it has, you know, turn... it's able to go on land and water. But I mean, it's 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 crossing the water to get to the next bit of land. It's not, you know, yep. traveling yep. from one continent to another, as it were. And now, Paulie, you're gonna have to put down Storm Shadow and pick down. up a video game controller because, oh, guys, <sighs> no ready. way. The the prelude to this is he's been waiting the whole time. <laughs> Actually, he's been playing my... the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Back in '92. I had uh, a good friend, probably my best friend of my school years, um, and we would have epic battles over at his place. Um, I would take my bug, my warthog, whole bunch of other things, stuff them into a a hiking backpack. I mean, it's unthinkable to do that to my vehicles now, like how I didn't break off you know, tabs and aerials and things. I don't know. I guess the plastic was just young. And I'd trundle off to Lyle's house. And Lyle had Joe figures, not so many vehicles, which is why I suppose it was essential that I brought mine. But what he did have was a Famicom and a G.I. Joe Nintendo Entertainment System did Taxan he have a Famicom game. or did he have a Golden China or an Ending Man? Or okay, a... it, was a, it was probably a Golden China or whatever. It was grey. Um, but it was definitely the Famicom-style cartridges, which were proliferated in South Africa. Anyways, mm-hmm. he had Taxan's 1990 G.I. Joe game. Oh, so good. And, Paul, you put it very succinctly on this very same podcast, well, not this episode, but on our sh- one of our previous shows, that like the video game was like an almost instructional on how to play with your G.I. Joe toys. So he gave us this incredible structure to our games. Okay, firstly, we'd structure our day because we'd always, I'd always arrive, unpack the bags, set everything up. Then we'd sit in front of the TV and play this game until it basically bested us, um, which didn't take long because we were dumb kids. I mean, I think we only clocked it once. We only finished it once. I would be so easy. Is is clocking international? Is that a South African um, African colloquialism? Okay. What is to it clock, really? To clock a game means to be called clockers. Yeah. Just say clock. We clocked it's it. Yeah, um, it's like basically you smacked the, you you've knocked it out. Yeah, you've knocked huh. it. Well, I thought That's it wild. might be to do with I like that everyone understood that. Like playing um chess and you like hit that clock. <laughs> no. Uh, no. No, I wasn't. God, this is what we're talking chess. about. <laughs> you set your your best time. 
Anyway, whatever. I, I, the speedrunner generation of video game players should really take on this term because I think clocking you know, is a cool term. We should it's make a it great work. word. Should be international. Anyways, we make only clocked great it again. once or twice. Most of the time, it would it would, as most NES games would to a, a youngster, it would teach us a few lessons in patience <laughs> and like how to get your ass kicked. Anyway, so we put down the video game controllers and take up our figures and it would play out much the same way as the NES game. Uh, you know, we'd fight our way through a level filled with cannon fodder and baddies and then get to a boss and face off against the boss. I mean, it's just a great structure that was kind of a wash, rinse, repeat through various points of the house. We start in the bedroom, move to the kitchen countertop, move to the lounge, move out into the garden, each one representing a different stage with, with different sets of challenges. And, and this game was all of that and more to me. And what is so important about this game for a Joe fan who's a little late to the party like myself and Lyle and you two gentlemen is the fact that this game was representative of the figures available at the time. It was useless for us to watch episodes of the cartoon or even read the comic books, which primarily focus on figures that we could no longer get. The Flints, the Version 1 Dukes, uh, Snake Eyes with the visor, you know. The Snake Eyes version we had available on shelves was the one with the two butterfly knives on his chest. Um, so... The fact that this had Captain Gridiron as a major playable character gave that figure credibility. All of a sudden, like, I can definitely become a favorite. (laughs) I can distinctly remember the words coming out of Lyle's mouth. He was like, Mommy, buy me a Captain Gridiron. (laughs) (laughs) There by shop right there. Okay, I'm sending him up hopelessly. But basically, he instructed his mom to pick him up captain gridiron when she went to the supermarket and mommy did dutifully did hey i so badly want one of those figures back in my collection not back in i never had captain gridiron everybody else around me did now you well, get him he's it's literally much, the last figure i need for the video game lampooned collection. character and his appearance on deke never really helped his um his cred but his appearance in this video game made him the must-buy figure. He was a cool mm. guy. And I believe, I'd like to think, that when you set the bombs in the game, it's his hand in the animation, in the little cinematic, little cutscene, because mm. he's got the cut-off gloves. And that was always a, the coolest element of that sculpt. He's got great, great gloves. Cut-off gloves with the, you know, the, the cutouts in the actual top of the palm, yeah. or the back of the hand. Yeah, man, this game. Oh, Paul just died. He's doing Ooh. a playthrough for those of you listening so on the annoying. on the he's replay. A... Oh, these yeah, guys yeah, know it's legit. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> he's trying to do it like as if he was playing it when he was a kid, you know. And so good. I probably played it better. In terms yeah. of a game itself, as GI Joe fans, we were treated to something that has never been repeated, and that for for the time is the fact that this is a top tier title. It has no reason, rhyme or reason, being a good platformer. But it is not just a good platformer. It is an excellent platformer. And, I mean, I'm no Nintendo head. What would you call them? I'm no gamer. Nintendo head. 
I, I defy any fan Turn of ahead. the Nintendo Entertainment System to not put this in their top 10 platformers available for, for the system. And that means it beats out a lot of very good titles. But it's just, it's so intuitive. It feels so good. It's very playable. It's challenging, but not impossibly so. And for a G.I. Joe fan, it is full of Easter eggs. Just looking at all the sprites on display, the characters that you play as, but not, not only the characters that you play as, but the characters that you face off against, even down to the little cannon fodder. Like they've got oh. uh, Norgahide's wild boar, Clyde, attacking you in the first level. They've I love got that it has a name. <laughs> the Devil Ray. Uh, well, if only Hydra Viper's Ray had a, had a name, because that is also you know, a, a, a sprite that jumps out of the water and attacks you. Paul's right now fighting against the Sea Ray, which was no longer sold but when this game was, was, was being sold, but it's kind of, at this point, a legacy Cobra vehicle that made for a great level two kind of intermediary vehicle boss. And it's so beautifully pixel rendered. Yeah, this game is full of whim for a G.I. Joe fan and is easily one of my favorite things. Okay. Paul, I know you got something to say about this. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, uh, the cool thing about this game, it allowed me to play with G.I. Joe toys that I didn't have, which was awesome. Yeah, so, I'm, totally. yeah, I mean, I, I've owned this game on three different occasions. The first time I owned it was uh, I got it, like, actually not three, two, two different occasions. I got it when I was younger. It was like really awesome. In fact, I actually had the Atlantis Factor first. Then I tracked down the second game and it was great and I loved the hell out of it. And my buddy and I, we worked together to finish it and, and all that. And then after, like, you know, as things happen to your games consoles and stuff, um i lost it i didn't have it anymore and uh i then found a cheap sort of knockoff nest thing again in the shops i think i can't even remember i think it was toys r us that actually had it and it had the little gray cartridge of this game for uh, there in uh westgate and um it was so cool because i could finally like uh like play this again and i was playing this game in high school quite a lot this was like this just brought me a lot of joy, is this game. And uh, shit, dude. This was just my way of playing with toys I never had and seeing toys I never had. And I think in a lot of ways, this game kept the fire going for me, uh, for G.I. Joe. It kept the torch going for a long time. I mean, you just saw that now, that like the cool Night Viper and... Oh, uh, yeah, anyway, sorry. You were going to say something, Steve? They even well, made the Air Command things cool. The, the <laughs> battle copters, yeah, with the interrogator. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> This was the reason I pined for not just the interrogate action figure, which we can all agree is an excellent figure, but the bloody battle copter as well, because it, it has credibility from this game. Um, mm. That's why I bought a pogo. That's why I love the Cobra rocket sled, which you mm. see, uh, you know, guys piloting, and then you blow this up and they fall off. You saw it in the previous level. Um, all the toys featured in this game are so beloved by me. Like, it's the reason I love Battle Armor, Cobra Commander, or Raptor, who you have blown past in terms of the levels already, but yeah, you sorry, know, he's I... an intermediary boss in the sort of the first level, and I don't think he, Raptor has a finer moment, and that goes for a lot of characters. Captain Gridiron, Raptor, Voltar, 
These are characters that didn't get much shine, and yet they were the characters that I imprinted on because they were the ones that were available to me and that had filled out my collection. So it was so nice to see them given their their glory mm. by this game. So I'm so glad this game used the second stringers or third stringers by that point. <laughs> Anyways, we could talk about this game all day. Uh, fortunately, thanks to Range Viper Rob, we did a playthrough of both. <laughs> yeah, we did a playthrough of this and a commentary accompanying the playthrough um, on this very channel. We'll link it in uh, the description below and also at the end of the video if you stay to the end of this podcast on YouTube. Paul, you're uh, up, brother. Your oh final God. favorite. Does this mean thing. I have to? I got to. I got to pause now. Um, yes, you could carry on playing, Rob. If you no, want to talk I, over this. No, <laughs> I just want to leave. I'm going to leave this uh, there because it looks cool. It's amazing. Um, yeah, that guys. Magenta so magenta and that teal of this it's level. So, the cobra so Arctic synth wave. face. Oh, I love it. It's got such a cyberpunky vibe. So, um, hmm. Okay, so this might seem oh, like Chris a cop-out. Chris wants to know about your secret route backup. Well, check out the playthrough, Chris. Uh, you'll find yeah. it on the channel. Just search G.I. Joburg Taxan G.I. Joe game. I don't know. It should just come up with Taxan and G.I. Joburg. Mm. Also, guys, mm. if you want to play this game um, and you don't have a retro console to hand, you don't have um, like an original Famicom or NES with uh, all those fancy things, uh, you can, um, there is uh, um, uh, uh, an emulator called Retrobit. It's available actually on Steam. Or it's actually available on Steam. It's free for you to download. <coughs> Where you get the games from, that's up to you entirely. But the the emulators are out there and they are legal. Uh, emulation, the emulators are legal. The ROMs that are naughty. Just putting Data that out Links there. wants to know about uh, the AAA game, question mark, and... I've heard the rumor that there is a G.I. Joe AAA game in the works. But then again, I've also heard the rumor that there is a live action uh, Amazon Day- Lady J TV series. Uh, so yeah, but sometimes we often knew hear about that for a while. Yeah, exactly. Well, the AAA game is looking for an dis- art director. So, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. Cool. That's encouraging. Yeah. On, on, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking into it. I'm looking into it. It's a, it's Good. a thing. Um, but yeah, my fucking basic. <laughs> my favorite Oberg, thing. Lobster from G.I. Joburg is art director on Lady J. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm the biggest fan. I fucking love Lady J. <laughs> I even came to my interview dressed up as her. And, exactly. You know. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so much you love it. I'm Alison like B. You're hard. Alison <laughs> <laughs> RB, should I say? Sorry. Um, Alison so, RB. Yeah, Alison Arbonnet. Oh, jeez. Oh, you caught me off guard, man. I thought you were saying, like, Alison Brie. What no, Arby's. Who would actually you know, be... We, we had yeah. food there while we were in the uh, States yeah, once. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. it was good. It was good. I preferred <laughs> Champies, but that's me. Um, anyway, uh, this is going to sound like such a cop-out uh, when I it say is, it like yeah. this. Um, because... Maybe maybe I'm secretly a dragon, but I love my toy collection, my G.I. Joe toy collection. Like like when I was moving home to my new space here, that was like one of the first things I made sure was ready and packed and, and ready to go and, and come here. Like my Joe collection. My Joe collection seems to travel with me 
as well as my vintage game collection like my vintage games like my sega saturn stuff and whatever but um so right now in this studio in my studio room here in the in the house uh my gi joe collection is well currently nestled in the cu cupboard often that box is out and it's open and i'm pulling out toys and whatever and i'm slowly mm -hmm. slowly uh, smuggling my vehicles in here um but it's it's a process uh you know you can't move big vehicles in here at a time i mean my next my, my most recent uh, victory is i managed to get this into the house <laughs> so it's little bits by little bits can't build rome in a day it's a very big vehicle <laughs> but i love my toy collection and i'll tell you why it's it's more than just like having all these toys and whatever's to play with. It's a combination of uh, pouring over the catalogs uh, like crazy when I was a kid um, and wishing I could have a lot of those toys, uh, if not all of them, um, and, and sort of lamenting the fact, but even back then, that I'd probably missed them, that they had already come out and gone, um, that it was just maybe bigger kids had bought them already, that kind of thing. So having my toy collection is kind of full circle for that in a lot of ways. It's also, um, I can't think of anything from my childhood. Like, I mean, I love turtles and I love Ghostbusters and, and those great things. Um, but even the turtles, love, the love I have for, for the turtles in terms of own, owning them as a, as a toy line, that even has a limit. You know what I mean? Whereas with G.I. Joe, I don't have that limit. But G.I. Joe, I still love it now. And I still love that collection now. That collection is, is a result of the Berg Force, you know, like, and, and this uh, G.I. Joe Berg, you know, madness that we do. A lot of the, some of the best pieces in my collection come from us having started this and being in touch with people and, and just, yeah, becoming sort of like the, the, a port of call for a lot of G.I. Joe fans here locally as well in some weird way. But yeah, I love my collection. I love that I have all of these toys to play with and, you know, and it's great. It's a great feeling. It's great to be able to be annoyed by my alarm, which I don't know why it's going off, but it's going off anyway. But it's great <laughs> to have all of these toys to hand. It's great to be able to pick up Ali Viper, uh, a toy Your that I Your phone is telling you to wrap this up, just like your yeah. speech to the academy. Yeah. It's like, yes, yeah. I just also want to say thank you to my third grade teacher. Uh, if, if you weren't such a bitch, it wouldn't have inspired me to be great. Um, <laughs> and to the academy. And uh, yeah, if I... <laughs> anyway, cool guys. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. I, I know it sounds like such a cop-out, but I did think long and hard about this. And... It's my collection. Photo Viper wants a Joe game like Metal Gear. And the mind so races to what that would be like. Them. But I will say this much. Um, in answer to the previous question, way, way back in the beginning of the episode, I would love to see done well a live action Metal Gear Solid adaptation. Oh, mm. yeah. I think we could get that right. It lends itself well. Several times, yeah, like that would be absolutely mm -hmm. incredible if they if, if if they could manage that. But I think I suppose he feels the video games for themselves stand stand alone. I mean, you know, you can't. Apparently, uh, they've rediscovered this again, but you can't really do anything really well live action, unfortunately, when you adapt a video game. Um, apparently, the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City movie is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> awesome. As yeah. they attempt. As they attempt to um, uh, adapt Resident Evil One and Two into one entire movie. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, let's because that always works. That's a really good idea. Let's just adapt two, you know, twelve, fourteen, whatever many hour. Anyway, 
into one movie. That's a good idea. Jeez, Paul, don't podcast and game at the same time because you are hopeless. <laughs> yeah, True. man, cool. I was just, I was like, what the hell? Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I've got it. Rob, I, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll still watch it. I'm curious to see how, how, how bad it is. I mean, I watched basically all of the um, Mila Jovovich Resident Evil movies. I think maybe I haven't seen And nobody one paid you to. No one paid me to watch those. You know, Did you watch I Monster watch Hunter? Anyway. I haven't watched Monster Hunter yet. I, Good. I get somebody to pay you to do it first. Because, <laughs> no. Because maybe I People will, just maybe handing I out money, I believe, for watching no. shitty films. Yeah. <laughs> it's called being a reviewer. Exactly. You know, that, that's oh. the only reason to watch a bad movie. To get paid to do it. So what is what is my third favorite thing from 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 you know, my favorite thing in GI Joe? Um, I think it's going to probably come as quite a surprise. I don't think anyone will see this one coming. That Ooh. one of my absolute incredible, like my my top tier, amazing things about GI Joe is um, is scoop. Scoop is so good. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said this before, but scoop is. Uh, there there's a little bit more light scoop is absolutely incredible this is my childhood version of scoop um he's still an absolutely incredible good nick um so the origin come? story of, of scoop <laughs> uh i think my my mother basically was was very much against the violent figures i mean at that point i probably had a whole bunch of he-man and uh, uh <clears throat> thundercats figures i mean swords apparently is fine you can hack people to death but the minute you start shooting them, you know, my mom had a line, you know, no like shooting, only, in only, film, only stabbing, only stabbing, no, no shooting. People so can kill each other on screen, but boobs are bad. I feel exactly. You. Violence versus sexiness, you know, and Scoop is both. Rob, in what is it about Scoop particularly? I think Scoop, his, the look of the figure is very, um, it's... It comes together very well. So the, you have the, this kind of like the mustard, the green, it comes together. I mean, he has a very straightforward look. And the look of the figure as well kind of says a lot. Like, I think his face is very unique. I mean, based off a, you know, an actual person, Michael Leonard's. Mm. Um, he has a very unique look, which is probably why, I mean, I also really like, um, uh, who's that ugly guy who drops out of the airplane? Ugly guy well, out of the airplane. With the girlfriend. What's his name again? <laughs> what the hell? I forgot it now. Um, it's coming up on 2 a.m. The, the Halo Jumper. The Halo Jumper with the girlfriend in, in, in the furry suit. What's his oh, name again? Ripcord. Ripcord, yes. Ripcord is a cool <laughs> Because his, his look is very different. It's unique. You know, he doesn't look like the average Joe. <laughs> and I don't think... Um, Leonard Michaels looks like the average Joe. He looks like an intelligent person. Uh, he has curly hair, which I think most hmm. Joes have kind of straight hair. I think that's pretty, you know, that's pretty unique. And the equipment he comes with, so this is my, my original one, and this is the one I bought at uh, Kokomo Toys um, but in our trip. He, he has very cool cool equipment. His equipment is, is different from the average Joe. I mean, he comes with the, you know, telecommunications device. He comes with his... Uh, his camera, and he comes with a a silenced pistol, which makes complete sense. Instead of giving him a pistol, 
that makes noise, he comes with a silenced pistol so he can keep filming and kill people. <laughs> and it doesn't ruin the shots. You know? Mm-hmm. Scoop Die. is so amazing. I mean, so thankfully, I, I was gifted a, a sealed <gasps> version. That is of- so Thank rad. You, Jason. That comes to us from Jason Merle of Order of Battle podcast. It so, is absolutely incredible. I will never ever props. open this. Christmas I mean, of 2018 was a bumper, bumper Christmas. He, he will never get his O-ring repaired. I think it's his O-ring that's, that's, that's a bit damaged, but that's fine. He doesn't have to ever come out of this packaging. And it's oh, cool, has the O-ring the given up? The O-ring is the O-ring is dead. It is. Uh, oh, it's, it's interesting. Very much dead inside there. I mean, you probably dead inside. Him. He's dead inside, but he's definitely he's still holding it together because he's inside his little plastic packaging. He yeah, will he's ever, in ever there tight, like man. This. I he's wouldn't good. have. To- I wouldn't have known that the O-ring was shot. Yeah, no, but he's good. Okay. He's good. He's surviving. He comes with the original price. He was bought at a Toys R Us somewhere in America. He apparently comes with the face paint, which I mean, I don't think I'll be able to ever put that on my face. Um, probably it's, it's not be very, very hard. Two dollars sixty nine, guys. If you back in the day, that's how much you were paying for your scoops. Two dollars sixty nine. And he even translates well into modern era. Oh, this is the Jojo Club. Club exclusive. Uh, uh-huh. Scoop, which I also on the last day I ummed and art about this figure so much. I was like, oh, should I get it? Should I not get it? Because I think the price the guy was asking for was like, I'm so glad you did though. Ten to fifteen dollars is... above the recommended, re- not uh... recommended, but it was like it was a bit more. But I think I, I was mm. like, eh, I only have this much in cash, and then I think he was like, okay, no, it's chilled. You can have it for that much. Oh. And essentially, I think it was just a little bit over what. You know what the original recommended, whatever you know, sold for originally. Yeah, man. So, this is also JoeCon twenty eighteen, correct? Yes, this is JoeCon twenty eighteen. The last day, I was like, ah. it was the only scoop I saw there. I mean, maybe there were more, but I think people by that point were already kind of like buying them out, you know, because they knew how mm-hmm. cool scoop was. So yeah, they had scooped them up already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob spread the good word far and wide. Absolutely. Mm. So definitely Scoop is, so I think, yeah, the look of the figure is, it all comes together very well. His his function on the battlefield, I think is very important and very unique. I don't think there's another, there's another G.I. Joe character that, that kind of fulfills his function on the battlefield. Watches people die. Exactly, so, he just Rob, watches people die and he helps them The die. question on everyone's lips is <clears throat> when will G.I. Joeberg do a review of Scoop? I don't know. I don't know. What well, I mean, I was I was hoping to do a Operation um, Ice Cream oh, Scoop yes. before that, but I think I think I Get can about it. while I wait for that, you know, before twenty thirty two comes around and you're back in South Africa, uh, maybe I will actually just just do a, a scoop review, and I can get your guys' voices on that. Awesome. The nice thing is that we like, won't have to wait for the the Macross movie then because we'll be living it. Exactly. So. <laughs> Absolutely, that's so true. But what, I think definitely I should actually do I should do a crash? review. Yes. It's gonna come yeah. on down. It's coming. Okay. I mean NASA apparently is testing out um <laughs> knocking uh, asteroids out of the way of Earth. Just watch they knock it so that it actually comes towards Earth. 
Like that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Oopsie. So this 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 asteroid had, was was nowhere in danger of hitting the Earth, but now we've kind of like knocked it, so it's on its way here. Whoopsie. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Guess we can oh, call <laughs> Bruce like Willis and Ben Affleck. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. I'm gonna close my eyes. <laughs> I, I don't know. If... Asleep. I don't I know if we can count baby. on Bruce giving a shit, to be honest. And I don't want to miss a thing. He'd be like, can I shoot it from, like, my house? Just, just put a green <laughs> Guys, screen up behind just, me. Please, just, 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 yeah, let me sit down here. CG no, Bruce, a gun in my hand. <laughs> you actually have to go into space this time. It's like, yeah, whatever. For just, reals. Just, you know, bring your I guys mean, I, I, I guess if Captain Kirk can go in space, I can go in space, too. <laughs> <laughs> Zero effort. How many oh, other okay. dicks are they going to send into space? Let's be fair. Oof, I didn't <laughs> say that. How dare but like, you? let's William be fair. Shatner is... Oh, he's yes. Yeah, no, he's he's a special How treasure. I believe he's, he's wonderful. Amazing. He is. I saw him live at, Af at uh, Comic-Con Africa. He was absolutely amazing. I saw his, his belly. It was very much the belly Thank of a good you. man. Of course Oh, guys. No, of course He just lets it out, you know. The buzz bore is on screen currently, and man, oh man, if it wasn't for this that game, would have been a favorite. Absolutely no favorite. love, no but love for that vehicle. Otherwise, we got it so late in life. Yeah, we didn't get really Paul. Did Paul die again, guys? Apparently, yeah, no, but it was stupid. It was it was a stupid thing. It was well. It's time to rock on, Paul. You need to devote your undivided to this game. So uh, on our way out, guys, I'm going to open up Postbox the Pit. If you want to reach Ooh. the show, just hit our email address, a real South African hero at gmail.com, or just DM us anywhere we're social, be it Twitter, be it Instagram, be it the Facebook, or YouTube. Hey, YouTube My comments space. are also fodder. Um, I love replying to the YouTube comment thread. So by all means, guys, keep up the posting. Thank you to everyone who does like or subscribe to our channel. Um, like this video, comment on it. All these things help our analytics. Not that we're chasing numbers, but it's, it's always no, nice. No, obviously not, but it's always YouTube nice. It just helps other people like, see so our stuff. cool. Exactly. Yeah, it's good for YouTube yeah. to throw us up in people's faces. Exactly. Um, we have to, of course, thank our awesome Bergforce. The fine, fine uh, contributors to the show. Uh, these are them. Uh, the number grows all the time. Uh, we do this live for a Patreon audience, perhaps at an awkward time of day. But then again, when you're podcasting from two or three different time zones, every day, every time of the day is awkward. that we can do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you would be able to, to, uh, to watch this live just like you're doing right now. And if you didn't catch it live, you'd be able to catch it a full day before its release on Podbean. Oh my podcatcher goodness. or the youtube channel so if you wouldn't mind tossing us three dollars a month that would be greatly appreciated or more. i mean don't hold back <laughs> or just as i say support us in any way you can like like watching Another way this stuff. you can support um, us is buying scoops buy yourself a scoop. <laughs> get yourself wine if i can own four you can own wine outstanding <laughs> outstanding and thanks to the 27 folks in the chat. I think we had up to 31 at one point. Uh, awesome. Yeah, thank you awesome to everyone to for a little, joining us so live. Cool. That a live that. turnout. This is probably a very strange time for y'all. It's but, great uh, hanging out with yes. you guys live. We should do this more often. I'd love we to should. aim at doing this once, once a month. 
Once get our a year. rapidly like... aging faces on camera again. Oh, we're very Love old now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to moisturize. And I said I was gonna time. open up um, to post box the pit. Yeah, so I I did. What is fast becoming my new favorite thing? A one shot review. Um, basically, it's you know zero edits. It can be done on the fly anywhere. I have my mobile phone and a toy. Oh, you make it a I story. Can shoot and upload a video. No, no, no. It's not a one e. Not story. even a story. It's a, a review. I review the Toxo Zombie. Oh, and um, that's wild. Dave C, uh, who was in the chats. Um, wrote back immediately and said, hey guys, what a great review on that 1992 Toxo Viper. I had He's no idea he was this cool. So thanks for all your hard work and always making this awesome con- content. Rock on, Dave C. Thank you, Dave. means a lot, man. Thank um, you, Dave Glad you enjoy C. the content. Um, I can really knock these out. And while I will always miss the more produced videos, um, I realized like, in terms of getting my thoughts out there, these are servicing that need. So the need to get a review of a cool toy out, um, it's a great way of doing it, which doesn't require copious amounts of editing and whatnot. And Mm. our wonderful Bergforce community out there, lap it up, man. It might not win us any new subs or anything because they all want to see the flag floating on water or the Defiant or whatever. Um, but these these reviews are really great, and they they they're really fine. Ben's like uh, yeah. this. Well, I, I I think I still have the best version of Shockwave. I mean, he's a little bit played with, <laughs> but he's you know he's still toit, and he doesn't have any broken out. You know, I like the fingers, Cobra like Jet Steven's pack. original one, but Rob... it's not so tight that Steven will be so horrified to even attempt <laughs> to play with it. Whatever, dude. This one has all those memories soaked into him. All my childhood sweaty, that's, grubby paws. That's what I'm saying. That's fine. After know, eating like, I have the a best bowl mix. of chips. Mm. I have the best mix of, you know, I have the best of both worlds. You know, well, I've got three vintage 1988 three? shockwaves now. Mm-hmm. So I can select. I've got what? gradings of, of, of quality. Cody, who was in the chest just now, got me my second. And now Ryan, my third. And they kind of go up in... In, that in is I think the only issue with mine is is a slightly broken right elbow, and that's about it. Well, I got a fix for you, pal. What? <laughs> for uh, more information, check out the Tim Wilde interview of GI Joeberg. It should be dropping any day. I'm oh, definitely going to watch this. Oh, yes. Now I have a reason to watch it, not just you guys being on it. <laughs> Outback just wants to remind us that Outback Tiger Force classified. Get Absolutely. excited. Go get yourself one, guys. If you can't get a spirit, get an outback. <laughs> get if them you can't all. Get one of these. Get a. Or get them all. Guy. Be like Paul. Just get all of them. You know, it's go crazy. You know. All right. I'm actually yeah, so excited up, about that spirit, hey? It's crazy. You are very excited. I am excitable. I'm an excitable this person. Too. Asking me yeah, to pick three of my excitable. favorite things is very difficult to do when I have so many favorite things. Well, but, you know uh, that's. Uh, limitations breeds creativity you know oh, that's true that is true it makes a big difference yeah sorry i did like my light is terrible like i can't actually like i don't know where to put it so it doesn't look so bad <laughs> all right all right, all right guys later dudes and once again Just thanks for joining us thank you live, everyone gang. for coming and joining us it was a we'll be back next time. week hell yeah Peace. Yo. Yo.
Joseph Bug is so pretty as your bugs are so pretty. <laughs> okay. He's running on fumes. Later. <laughs>